Welcome to the Going Off Topic Podcast. We're two PCs that didn't buy enough health potions for our campaign. That's right. We're about as authentic as a bard who doesn't play an instrument. Yeah, it's basically just a loudmouth at that point. Yeah, so Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> I'm Brandon. I'm Chris. And we are Going Off Topic. Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of Going Off Topic. We have a very special guest with us today. We have Nabil Giriani. How's it going, dude? It's going wonderful. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Of course, and we actually pressed record this time, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the most critical had... step. <laughs> we actually had better answers this time around. Yes. The first one was a trial run. Pretty much. <laughs> uh, for, our, for our listeners, we have Nabil here not physically... But through Discord. Discordally. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we're still able to have him for this episode of Going Off Topic. But glad you can join us, dude. I am so happy that this worked out. It only took one Google search, and I, it still blows my mind. I know. It's incredible. So, in that, I think we should get started. So, everybody, we got ourselves a Weird News and Strange Times. Is that a new uh, voice you're trying out? Yes, uh, Walter Cronkite. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I got this going from AV News, and let me tell you, this headline is just... so AV News. What what is AV News? Audio visual. Chris, That's a great come on. question. <laughs> I, I'm just I'm just trying to help our listeners know that we are getting credible news sources. Yeah, um, we're not we're not about the fake news. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, but check this out. The creators of the N64 GoldenEye game officially ruled Oddjob is cheating. I mean, we all knew Wait, this. in tournament play or like just they, they decided this character that they made was a mistake? Well, let me let me uh, get into that. But they're basically... Your existence is a lie. It's a mistake. <laughs> no, they're basically confirming that when you play him, he is cheating. So let me uh, let me dive into this. So... Over at Mel Magazine, Quinn Myers spoke to the members of the team responsible for making GoldenEye. Um, Myers described how contemporary first-person shooters were single-player only, and GoldenEye was expected to follow suit until later in its creation process, they began working on a mode without telling Nintendo. And Oh, that's a big mistake. That- you always tell Daddy Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> and that wonderful mode is our little local multiplayer. So, you know, with the split-screen, four-player... Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, everyone's childhood, the main mode of the game. There wasn't a story. There was oh. multiplayer. Yep, of course. And DK mode. <laughs> and DK mode. <laughs> always, always with the golden gun. Um, <laughs> so David Doak from the developer of GoldenEye remembered the multiplayer was for a long time just a wish list thing, not a thing that they were definitely going to have. Little did they know that a few months before the deadline, two of their programmers were assigned to see what they could have as an early version of the multiplayer. They worked up a basic version that the studio enjoyed so much that it kept plugging away and presented to Nintendo for approval, and of course, it happened. But uh, the funny thing is, Rare avoided the grim reality of a world devoid of the entire summer days annihilated at the studio, and ushered flights of plenty with the jerks who picked GoldenEye's diminutive dapper assassin, Oddjob. 
I mean, honestly, the original GoldenEye was a true personality test that you can get on BuzzFeed these days <laughs> to find out how big of an asshole you are. Is like, who if you pick odd job, we know the kind of person you are. Exactly. It's very true. It's very true. <laughs> and the final nail in the coffin comes from engine programmer uh, Mark Edmonds. He said, it's definitely cheating to play as odd job. Uh, we, we could have put something in to stop this blatant cheating, but why not just let players decide on their own rules? Oh, yeah. See, let well, the states decide. <laughs> okay, so did, did they actually describe in what way it's cheating? Is it literally just the hat? Well, it's more likely um, just the OP health and just like well, how the, quick he can throw his hat and I'm, stuff. I'm pretty sure he's a bit shorter than the crosshairs, too. Yeah, that, which means oh, you have is to he? Aim okay. down. You see, these are the details that yes. they didn't stick with me. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, just it, it just reminds me of the days that we did play it. And like I, I do remember having to aim down quite frequently to get odd job most of the time. And I think he probably besides James Bond, he probably was one of the earlier characters like developed because there's probably like someone's favorite character in the Bond series. So, you oh, know, yeah, you know, it's oh, just yeah. totally good stuff, which is too bad. Know, I don't remember the height difference as much because I remember almost exclusively playing on that uh, that snowy hill map. Oh yeah, we have the the house at the bottom and the castle at the top. Okay, yep, I remember that. So I, with, with the hills and the bumps, I never really noticed the difference in height. See, I was I definitely did the faculty place, the place where the, you could hide in the bathroom stalls. Oh, the, that that's like the, <laughs> that was that was the, my go-to. Wasn't it like kind of like a maze kind of thing too, like yeah, industrialish. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, that was always like a fun part to fun map to play on. Um. But and yeah, that's why I would. That was my counter to odd jobs. I'd stand on the toilet in the in the stall, and when he came in, I'd it have made like a good difference. My, <laughs> my, my exactly my my uh, little crosshair would be right where his head would be when he'd open the door. Exactly. Like, Is this occupied? You betcha. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> Ugh. I like I, I remember like if you go downstairs you automatically like aim down too and I remember quite a few times we've played the game like you know you're aiming down so I feel like Aja would be easier to get if you're like on a higher ground oh like if you have the high ground <laughs> <laughs> you oh, underestimate uh, I wasn't my power. expecting the prequel memes <laughs> oh you should Oh, you should have been the last episode recorded, man. That's all we did. <laughs> oh, God, I want to hear that episode now. <laughs> Due time, my friend. Due time. <laughs> well, I got so some. So when this, when this podcast goes live, uh, check in the description below for a link to the previous episode. <laughs> exactly. You're like pulling a, like one of those little Russian uh, little toys where you open it, the miniature, and there's just another miniature, and then we just keep going. Yeah, it's like. It's a, oh, yeah, yeah the. Uh, the What's that called? Is it? Oh yeah, what is? Uh, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm. I probably want to say it's like Matryoshka, but I, that's got to be something else completely. Yeah, it's, it's something something related to that. We, we, I'm sure. I'm sure we'll have a listener chime in and oh, uh, send us some dolls. quality hate mail, <laughs> telling us how stupid we are for not knowing what it's called. No, no, it it is Matryoshka. Oh, it is. Yep, Matryoshka nesting dolls. Huh. Well, there we go. Something I didn't know. Except only by name. <laughs> Today I learned. <laughs> uh, so I got something here. Um, mm-hmm. Apparently, Procter and Gamble, the company that uh, does Febreze, Tide, and Mister Clean, 
Yeah. Uh, they they want to trademark LOL, WTF, and other millennial-friendly acronyms. Ooh. I mean, that's one way to diversify your portfolio, but <laughs> I mean, come on. Oh you know, God. like, what it, it's kind of like a real asshole move, too. Mm-hmm. Because oh, it absolutely is. Yeah, trademarking anything that's already commonly used—that's just you're grabbing for money. Yeah, <laughs> like, and like I, I've looked at P and G's financials, unironically, for <laughs> class. He's not—he's not kidding either. He's—he—he he loves that stuff. Well, I mean, <laughs> how <fine>. is <laughs> how is this bringing people in? Because all this is going to do is make millennials eye roll. And if you get a millennial who eye rolls, you're done. Oh my done. god, I know. <laughs> you know, he, here's the thing. You know, this article is already like targeting towards millennials. Well, guess what? What's the upcoming generation coming up? Gen Z. Why aren't they targeting them? You know, like we're basically like in our 30s and 20s. Like we've already gone past like the you know all the youthful generation, whatever. Blah blah blah. And like True. they're still but. targeting us. So well, and I, you know, I guess they have a vested entrance, uh, vested entrance, <laughs> a vested interest in Gen Z, the generation after millennials, because this is the Tide Company, and as we all know, oh. Gen Z is famous for eating the Tide Pods. So anyway, right, but it makes sense though, <laughs> not the Tide Pods, but marketing to us because uh, they do family care products effectively, yep. and, and among a, a, a range of other things. But that's their their main go to. Yeah, honestly, we're all now at the age where we see Tide and Febreze, and we think, oh, okay, well, but there's this off brand that's cheaper. We're actually thinking about that stuff. Yeah. Exactly. They might be able to market tied to children, but everything else, P&G at least, they need to be looking at us. <laughs> Honestly, the reason they're doing this is probably because of the whole Tide Pod thing, because everyone's reaction to the someone eating Tide Pods was, LOL, what the f***? <laughs> so I think I think people older than us actually had that same exact phrase quoted as well. <laughs> oh, probably. Millennials are an important potential customer for consumer packaged goods companies. Oh. Activist investor Nelson Peltz, who joined P&G's board in March, told CNBC last September that young consumers do not want a, quote, quote, one-size-fits-all brand. How do you know that? Why are you putting a blanket statement on me? Yeah, I mean, is, is, is Nelson a millennial? Because only millennials can speak on behalf of millennials. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, maybe, maybe I want to buy generic one-size-fits-all products. <laughs> Yeah, what if what Maybe if my... I just want soap? No flavors, <laughs> no smells. I just want soap. <laughs> okay, he goes on to say millennials want these little brands, these local brands that they have an emotional attachment to. Uh, what? I'm not sure I have an emotional attachment to any brand. No, not at all. I mean, Maybe. As a broke-ass millennial, what's cheaper? Give me the cheaper one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You want brand loyalty? <laughs> Give me a cheaper product. Brand loyalty. Well, I, I see the direction he's coming from, but it's as you're saying. He's generalizing these statements too much because mm-hmm. he, he's coming from so many levels up in the company. His view of the consumer is going to be skewed. Significantly. Yeah, and if there's anything us millennials hate more than anything, it's mass generalizations of a mass group of people. <laughs> <laughs> Along, it's with true. Th- <laughs> Along with true. Well, but th- you see, that's actually his point. Uh, oh, ironically, yeah, oh, is he's yeah. trying to say that we we want something that's a little more familiar. It might not be an emotional connection, but it might be uh, 
oh, we used, you know, the yellow Febreze all my life, oh, so yeah. that's the one I'm going to buy. It's like, um, you know, market value brand stuff versus brand stuff. And, like, you know, yeah. um, I mean, for instance, I'm the reason why I have, like, um, Florida um, – I forget the brand of the orange juice, but like it's like Florida Natural. That's what it was. Um, I have Florida Natural because that's what I my parents got, you know, throughout yeah, the years exactly. and stuff. And like I didn't have like Minute Maid. I didn't have like all these other ones. It's just something that I had. Could I change? Yeah, but it's <laughs> it's there, I guess. And it's the one that goes on sale the most. So it's like, yeah, I'm. It's a it's a welcome change, I guess. I Take me Minute Maid. Yeah. I can change. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you better be listening, uh, CEOs. You better <laughs> yeah. be listening into this podcast. It's important stuff. Yeah, take- no, but but that actually that ties back into uh, uh, what the hell were they thinking trying to trademark lol? What the f- yeah, that's like um, that one time that somebody was trying to the Candy Crush was supposed to trademark the word candy at one point. Yeah, nice what? what? Yeah, no, I'm not joking. Like no, that actually no. happened. They didn't. They didn't win it, but like they were trying to, well, to do it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like you can't you can't like trademark a word like that. Like that's so basic in general. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, just. No, it- where do you get off? <laughs> Who do you think you is? <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> like, how do you go into work one day, sit down and think, you know, we should trademark this word that's been used by every person on earth. Uh. <laughs> yeah, the only thing I can think of is they think, oh, well, this will get us terrible publicity, which means good publicity. <laughs> exactly. People will be yeah, talking no, that, about us. You see, that's the sad thing. It's true. Any publicity is good publicity. Yeah. <laughs> Five years down the line, they won't remember. They tried to trademark what? They'll remember, oh, I, I've heard that name before. <laughs> <laughs> what What name? <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I got one more story for us, and it's the cherry on top of this cupcake. So, you ready? Cupcake might be a strong statement. <laughs> Hit me with it. Hit me with it. So, this comes out from The Takeout. and uh, Okay, another news source. What? The Takeout? I just Well, I mean, all right. Look at it this way. I like takeout, <laughs> especially Chinese takeout. So, the news source takeout probably also likable seems seems trustworthy yeah i'm willing to make that blanket statement (laughs) (laughs) so the the tagline of this one is man breaks into water park steals funnel cake melts ice cream ruins summer (laughs) wow that escalated quickly (laughs) it's official folks this man ruined summer (laughs) okay i wonder who i can blame it on (laughs) well i got i got that person for you (laughs) <laughs> is it someone from iowa are you yeah it is okay that doesn't surprise me iowa <laughs> especially the iowa hawkeyes football team they ruin everything for everybody and they can't even be good enough to finish a season strong they just ruin things for everybody else so it doesn't surprise me that someone from iowa would ruin everything man we struck a chord <laughs> as a michigan fan iowa has ruined many seasons for us and then they can't finish strong so it's not even like oh you ruined our season and then you had a good season it's you ruin our season and then you have a terrible season <laughs> by the way you can send hate mail directly to brandon at 619 619- stop stop you're not doing that again Ugh, i have to do that every episode God. i like this running gag i'm a fan <laughs> well i don't <laughs> 
So at Waterloo, Iowa, by the way, this is not my own words. This is straight from the article. A Waterloo, Iowa man met his own, ah, Waterloo, (laughs) when he's still an undisclosed amount of funnel cakes from a water park. Undisclosed undisclosed amount of funnel cake. That's never good. No. (laughs) That means it wasn't just one funnel cake. Oh, no. It was the funnel cake women and the funnel cake children, too. (laughs) I ate them. Never miss a chance to drop prequel prequel music to any part of your life. So, from a water park, while hiding his face with a bandana, a bandana he was also wearing in a personal Facebook photo. And what's even funnier is that in the article, they have the picture that he has. It's the hamburger from McDonald's. It's it's almost like this is satirical, but no, it did happen. So, per the Waterloo Cedar Falls Courier, authorities are alleging that in the early hours of July 6, 2018, Dylan Anthony Hoffert and three other people entered the Lost Island Water Park. While they were there, they took... How did they find it? (laughs) (laughs) That's right, it's lost. (laughs) And an island. Something's not right here. (laughs) While there, they took an... aforementioned undisclosed number of funnel cakes they also left the freezer door open who raised you an unnamed waterloo residence moved that ruined over 300 dollars worth of funnel cakes and ice cream and presumably led to some children crying (laughs) (laughs) not the funnel cakes think of the children okay so now i think like okay sure it's bad he stole that's not okay yeah i feel like someone was a little over dramatic Claiming that he ruined summer. Well, you, you got to think too. This is Iowa we're talking here. This isn't like you the know who East Coast everything. West Coast. That might have been their only ice cream source. Exactly. Like this is their only oh, water no. park, only island that is lost somehow. <laughs> it's in the cornfields. Yeah, I think you got it. <laughs> um, but this guy has also been charged along with Reese Jacob Van Deel for entering a home with an un. un- why, why are all the criminal masterminds people with three names? Sean Wilkes Booth. <laughs> I, I, Lee Harvey. Well, mm-hmm. Okay. Do you not have a middle name? Uh, not not one I feel like disclosing. No. <laughs> there we go. Like, <laughs> but yeah, like they. They were charged with entering a home with the unnamed 12-year-old boy in January. Oh, whoa. Stealing a safe containing over $5,000 worth in collectible coins and bills, $1,500 worth of cash bonds. They were officially charged with third-degree burglary, second-degree theft, a misdemeanor contributing to the delinquency of the minor. Perhaps they thought they were dipping dots in there. (laughs) What? (laughs) Yeah, it's just the weirdest thing you can just like do like slip in there you know this this makes me think like you know we're thinking like these are just like you know bored you know young adults whatever but what if these were like from a competing water park and they just want to oh it's a conspiracy yeah it's a false flag (laughs) it's a well all right but then they wouldn't say that it ruined summer because those were the only ice cream bars in iowa if there's a competing water park then i mean summer's still on oh yeah We've got options. <laughs> yeah, just uh, get that uh, 
pool in your on your deck and just like the, the plastic <laughs> one <laughs> it's just some dude with a sign in his front yard we've got a kiddie pool in the back <laughs> yes. the water parks closed down because they ran out of ice cream but we you've got dipping dots our our fridge is closed <laughs> come on and get your dipping dots uh, sorry if there's any listeners in iowa um <laughs> exactly because you were unfortunate enough to live there Mm -hmm. so really i apologize yep there's always next summer i mean it's a lifestyle (laughs) choice yeah (laughs) so i got a uh, little topic for us uh before we get into our other ones here so sure sure you know how the movie market is just full of comic books and superheroes and such and you know we have these fantasies of like what would our superpowers be you know if i got you know, radioactive, you know, sludge poured on me or something, or if I fell into a tub of uh, radioactive fumes or whatever, you know. But that got me thinking something real funny here. So think think of it like this. You fell in a vat full of, you know, toxic stuff, and you gain some superpowers, but they're not beneficial. They are annoying and completely useless. So you, so this is essentially getting into a apartment, a uh, hot tub. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what would they be? Well, okay. Let me just break right in here. <laughs> because once upon a time, I did have this thought with the uh, the sort of the theme being it would make a great comic strip or TV show or something if done mm-hmm. right. Right. Or would actually just kind of be, I think, very nice. Yeah. So... The superpower is the ability to complete any task without moving, except it still takes as long as it normally would and still makes you as tired. You just don't have to move. <laughs> oh, that that's awful, man. Like, like Exactly. How are you going to get anything done? Like well, see that's just the thing. So could you read while this is happening? Could you like play? Could you multitask? Ooh, that's a good question. I didn't actually consider that. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm getting tired... That actually makes the, that actually makes it pretty useful, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It kind of does. Yeah. <laughs> like, if I'm, if I'm sitting there, you know, playing video games, and it's like, oh, you got to take out the trash. And it's like, I feel the fatigue of taking out the trash, but I don't have to get up. <laughs> it's like, it softens the blow a little bit. Yeah. Well, exactly. You see, that's the thing. It, it, it shortens the amount of time during which you actually have to be motivated. You just have that one instant of, yeah, you know what? I will go, like, build a house or something. (laughs) And then you might die of exhaustion, but you don't have to move. You know, it's... Yeah, I mean, as terrible as this is, I'm just imagining this applied to, like, failing marriages where one person really (laughs) wants to keep a sexual relationship and the other doesn't. So the person's like, well, okay. <laughs> it's like they just feel fatigued and tired, but they don't move at all. <laughs> oh, man. The one I'm thinking of is a, um, a very simple one. So picture this. <clears throat> picturing, picturing. <laughs> you know how, like, you know, you remember when we were in cross country in Nabil, you know, like we, you know, totally. you, <laughs> you know how like, you know, we would yeah, run, was there, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we run long distances and stuff like that and, you know, get things done and such. Sometimes walk. It was okay. Yeah. You but, could get stuff done while running. Yeah. 
well, depending on Or is you talking like, get it done? Get it done. <laughs> that would have been like double the exhaustion. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, is that guy knitting while he's running? <laughs> so, Yo, that would be so impressive. It, I know, that's really dangerous running with sharp objects like that. Yeah. So, imagine this. You, imagine. you can move at incredible, actually move at incredible speeds like Quicksilver, The Flash, you know, dash from the Incredibles. Like you're literally can move. Sonic the Hedgehog. Exactly. However, you can never stop. Huh. <laughs> and like you have yeah, to constantly. get really bad really fast. Yes. But you can control your speed to a minimum of nothing over 50 and nothing under 50. So it's Miles like a. Miles per hour? Yes. <laughs> Sounds a little familiar, doesn't it? <laughs> hmm. Maybe a certain movie called... Uh... Okay, Keanu. Okay. <laughs> so, like, if you go faster than 50 and you go slower than 50 at all, your heart stops and you die. But you can run very fast, though, and you probably win races. But that is... Well, yeah, but, like, you're going to instantly run into the issue of, like, what do you do when you have to sleep? I, I didn't say it was good. I just said it was annoying. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's a superpower that kills you within, like... 24 48 hours the the only the only thing i can think of is like you're on a specifically made treadmill and you're hoisted by a string and you can continually run but like you can still like rest your eyes basically so it's like a shark moving through the water the sharks it's like how do they sleep (laughs) (laughs) just keeps keeps moving so it'd be like a uh would you say a shark tank or um Um. Maybe the alternative, a dragon's den. I listened to that podcast. I see someone's been catching up. <laughs> yeah, but just like, it, it, there has to be like, you know, there has to be a negative and it's a big negative and it's an annoying negative, but you can win marathons. Well, you know, you, you can win a lot of money. I'm not sure I would qualify imminent doom as <laughs> end of end of known existence mild, um, inconvenience. well you know i feel like that's a lot more creative than you know like growing out your finger fingernails at like a specific length and scratching people you know so as seen on family guy hey well all right hey if, if your finger fingernails can be controlled like that You've got a top spot at a drag race somewhere. <laughs> at first I thought you meant like the vroom vroom kind, and then I realized you meant the vroom vroom kind. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'd say that my useless superpower mm-hmm. would probably be the ability to, it doesn't matter which, which store it is, as okay. long as it has a self-checkout line, I would have the super ability to always pick the one that falls apart, breaks down, or gets an incredibly slow person. So it's like you come up to it and you see one person. You're like, oh, man, this is my lucky day. All the other ones are filled, and this one just has one person. And that would be the lane that ends up taking the longer time because that person's like an extreme couponer and decides, okay, I need to go through every single one of these. <laughs> and at that point, you're committed. You're committed to that line. Yeah. So you wait. It's true. For, you can't back off. I know. Who, who would actually get out of a, a self-checkout line to get into another self-checkout line? Because then my superpower would apply just to that next lane. I'd get into the next lane, mm-hmm. and that person would be like, oh, technology, it's new and confusing, and it scares me. I don't know how to handle this. <laughs> but 
there would only ever be one person you'd wait for in line. That's true. So you just have to commit yeah. to it. It'd be like, you know, you 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 know, yeah. you can prepare yourself. Yeah. It's like, you know, no matter it's what. Just, it's just a matter of which vector is more important to you. Time weighted or number of people weighted. Yes. You know, you got a good point there. <laughs> How you represent this on paper looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, and it would give me more time to read the, the trash magazines that are right there so I can read about all of the horror uh, cheating scandals that are going on. Yeah, the, the important stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just thought of another superpower, by the way. So this is a very... It, it, it's not annoying, but it's very inconvenient. So, well, not inconvenient, just really mediocre. So you know how the famous saying that when you eat Taco Bell... You, you, you know, like no, I don't know. Could you please elaborate in explosive detail? Yeah, I'm actually quite clueless. <laughs> explosive detail. I, <laughs> I do crave Taco Bell now. Thank yeah, you same here. I'm not gonna lie. The I'm I'm feeling like a quesadilla right now. So. Quesadilla. <laughs> um, however, this superpower gives you the ability to not have bad bowel movements, and you can take any heat any gas that comes from it and you won't have any trouble that's it tgi fridays here i come (laughs) (laughs) just very like i feel like it it would be very useful for some people but not for everybody you know and there's some people who don't even have that issue you know but it doesn't have a mildly annoying downside (laughs) let's make one up then um only it's only applicable only on thursdays but not on the weekend. <laughs> oh, well, then that's... The, yeah, I'm going to, to B-dubs. I mean, that, that's wings. a very fast way to... Oh, but man, all right. <laughs> that still makes Thursday so good. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, like, like Thursday, that's quesadilla day. Oh, yeah. Thursday, it's my cheat day. <laughs> <laughs> it's my special treat day. Uh, oh. You know, I feel like these powers would make a terrible X-Men crew. Like... You know, well, actually, like the X Force in a way. So X Force. <laughs> yeah, and when it's whenever it's not Thursday, the tagline would be, "It's Nacho Day." <laughs> I like this guy. I like it. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> like, okay, so what? Okay, then here, here's the thing. I just thought of then. What would be the names of these heroes then? Because, you know, we thought of their powers, but what are their actual names? So the guy from Taco Bell would probably be called um, Inconvenient Weekend Ta- um, Taco Bell Guy or something. I, I don't know. It's very lazy. And I, I could think of something way better, but that's all I can think of right now. <laughs> or Steve. <laughs> Steve. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, he sounds like a Steve. Yeah. Or uh, or Mitch. <laughs> that's his hero name can't be stopped yep oh have you guys brandon i think i've recommended it to you at some on the topic of heroes sorry vague <laughs> vaguely related yeah i have gotten you to read one punch man one punch you've, man you've told me about it and i still have yet to see it but i've heard nothing but good things about it though so oh my god it's so good isn't season two happening uh this april I believe it is, yeah. Yeah, so that's going to be really cool. Um, I don't know. Is the real-life One Punch Man Bill Cosby? Oh, 
Chris. <laughs> I see what you've done there. I see what you've done. <laughs> oh, but like, yeah, no, I've, um, it, that's definitely like a superpower that would be on this for sure. Like he can only punch once, but like, obviously one punch man is like, you know, too OP, but, <laughs> yeah. um, but I, I heard like it, it has like fantastic writing and like, you know, it's very funny from what I've heard. So, oh, it's it's so good. Hmm. The main character just doesn't care about anything. Huh, this sounds awfully a lot like Dr. Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually. So it, it's basically Dr. Manhattan uh, minus the existential crisis. <laughs> <laughs> but where's the fun in that? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I need more of that. <laughs> um, but... I, I was because like you're not the only one that's you know talked about this recently because like I listen to other podcasts and stuff. Whoa! And I, I know, I know. I, I it's not it's not an inclusive thing, <laughs> exclusive thing. Um, we're but, very poly here. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they were there was this podcast I listened to called Funhouse and they talked about One Punch Man recently and I, it's. Well, I've heard of Funhouse. A couple of my friends have tried to get me to you know consume it, their content it's it's worth it they're they're a lot of fun no pun intended um <laughs> um but no they, they live in house <laughs> but they really like emphasize like how good like this show actually was so i might actually <laughs> pop it on hulu probably sometime tonight you know because i don't have to oh, go no. to work tomorrow so and if you really like it then absolutely pick up pick up the manga and read it because mm-hmm. it, it is the exact same quality oh. frame for frame okay 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 before I decide to go into that, though, it's not going to be like One Piece where there's like thousands of manga chapters to go through. Right? No, no. There, I think there's. <laughs> I think it's still less than two hundred. Okay, that's that's not too bad. Yeah, and it's each chapter is I think like uh, oh, it ranges from like twenty to forty pages or something like that. So oh, it's uh, it's not short chapters, but right. It, it's it's quality content. Oh, for sure. There's actually, um, I actually um, been reading a manga um, a couple months ago. Um, hey, Chris, could you pull that on the shelf there? It's that pink book right there. I know this is getting better here. Um, there's a book that I just got into. It's called Oishinobo. And uh, it's like based. Was that, the, was that the right pink? I'm almost partially yeah. colorblind. No, you got it. <laughs> um, but it's like a, a cooking manga. And like, it's about this chef in Tokyo. And it's really good. I don't know what it is about it, but like it's got really fun characters, but also like they go into detail like how they make the food and stuff. That looks like an anime uh, so Instagram it's, novel. So it's basically a recipe book with plot. Pretty much, yeah. And the cook's dad is like That's his like cool. arch rival. And it's hilarious to see him like, you know, being passive aggressive towards him while like they're like competing against each other. And it's it's actually really good. I I've, I've been loving it. I already, I already got another book with it. But um, yeah, I definitely like recommend it, dude. Yeah, I've, honestly, if I, I'm like looking at the cover of this, and honestly, it looks like Instagram if it was an anime. <laughs> I mean, it's just a picture, bunch of pictures of plates and people. Oh god, that's, that's a cross section of two worlds that probably shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they if they have crossed, it was probably with like you know do- a huge dose of cringe <laughs> with our good old Weeaboo brothers out there. Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, well, I have something to share with you guys. So, oh no. D- 
Did you guys know that we all have something in common? We are huge fans of Elder Scrolls. Yes. We are? Yep. Yeah. Oh, are you are you not, Chris? <laughs> you need to tell me I, these I things. I am, in fact, a fan. <laughs> and as you guys know, a little game was announced at E3 this past June known as uh, Starfield. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I got the wrong one. Uh, Elder Scrolls 6. <laughs> That's right. That was... They, they did, there was something about Starfield. That was... Oh, I remember yeah. that. I saw it. it just, just a name at this point. Yeah. <laughs> so, kind, kind, kind of the same thing with Elder Scrolls 6. We really don't know. We were just given a teaser trailer of uh, this landscape, but that was That's it. all we needed. Exactly. And we got hyped up and I got yeah. excited. You know, I mean, granted, this game's not going to come out probably till like 2022 or something like that. So, you know, we got a, we got a long time. No, That's okay. Absolutely. I, We've got time. Yeah. I, I'm willing to wait. Yes. I've been waiting ever since. <laughs> Um, but I was actually going to ask you guys, like, what do you think your predictions will be for this sixth game? You know, like where it is, what kind of like, you know, new gameplay stuff might happen or changes and such. Like, I was kind of wondering, like, you know, what your guys thoughts are like, right now in 2018. As I love Bethesda from the bottom of my heart. I think I, I am a huge fan of just about everything they've done. Yep. Yeah. Same here. But... I am the cynical fan who, with every released game, is a little more hurt and disappointed in their, uh, I don't know if I would view them Execution. as a or child, but disappointed <laughs> either way. Because with every release, they water something down. Oh, yeah. Like, that's true. RPG mechanics have weathered over the years, you know? Yeah. Um, I remember you telling me, you know, like countless times, like, you know, if you compare like Morrowind to Skyrim, like it's such a vastly different game. And not just because yeah, of the graphics. It's, it's insane it's, how much stuff they've just left behind. And, and I understand some of it. You have to be able to grow and move forward. That's true. Right. There's so much complexity that I thought made the, I thought, personal opinion, made the game really good. Exactly. And I remember, um, like it, I remember, like when there were like races were like you know intricate to your gameplay style. So like oh, yeah. if you were like a dark oh, yeah. elf or a dumner, dum, dumner, you know, like you were kind of known as dumb like and dumner. <laughs> <laughs> um, you were known as like more of like the thief kind of class kind of thing, you know. And yeah, dumner were I believe medium armor, destruction, long sword, spears. Yep. Yeah. You weren't supposed to be the big heavy fighter. You're supposed to be sort of a spell sword. Yeah, I also kind of find it funny. Like, you know, in um, in Skyrim, like, I have a couple characters I play as, and one of them is a wood elf, also named... His name is Galendir. And let me and let me guess, all of your characters are stealth archers. Oh, only, absolutely, only, yes. <laughs> only, actually... that's what everybody turns into. Only one of them is. Um, I actually was, uh, a like, kind of like a barbarian kind of... Well, I can't the think. problem is Skyrim doesn't reward barbarian combat, really. Yeah. It it just kind of. But it, 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 that's people play Stealth Archer because it's I, I don't know it just convenient. It works. It's convenient, yeah. It's satisfying. Yeah. yeah. Oh it, yeah. It, oh, it don't get me wrong. Thumpy, it is. It, it's it's strong. <laughs> oh, for sure. And it, it makes you feel like you've really accomplished something yeah. by not being seen. But it's what I was getting into was that like it's funny with my Wood Elf uh, Galendir is that he like when you because he's a stealth archer in this gameplay um playthrough but sometimes when he carries like a two 
handed axe it just looks so silly because like it doesn't fit his body type and like it's just like you can carry that with your <laughs> little twig arms like <laughs> it doesn't make sense yep. like that's more of an orc or a, a nord you know not not a wood elf <laughs> but it, but it's more effective to use a wood elf because his stats gonna start slightly lower so it'll level up a little faster and exactly then you'll just actually be a higher level and better <laughs> suited for the yeah yeah hmm. anyways yeah <laughs> <laughs> no i after my first character well my first character in skyrim was actually a an orc barbarian yeah an ode to my first character from oblivion which was an orc barbarian character oh, I, I love oblivion so much and as a fresh experience, playing Barbarian worked beautifully in Skyrim. Um, every single character after that rushed to, um, oh, what, for, what fort is it? A fort that's just north of High Hrothgar. Hang on, I actually, you can, I actually have you can a map. <laughs> um, um, yeah, that's right. He has a map built into the table we're recording oh, off right, of. Right, yeah. Yeah, there, there's a fort. I'm not just, even making that uh, up. North and a little bit east of High Hrothgar. Where Fort Amol? Um, it, it's not showing the fort. It just shows the town. So un- unfortunately, I can't. I can't tell you the I name. Believe, <laughs> I believe it's Fort Amol. A M O L L. We'll try which... to. Yeah, we have to spell that out because it sounds a little close to something else on this. <laughs> <laughs> but if you go to the prison there, mm-hmm. there's a bucket with the bound bow spellbook in it. Yeah, and after I discovered that, uh, I have been a stealth archer with like half of the conjuration tree filled out every single playthrough, <laughs> because that is available early on. Only takes, I think, with the appropriate stuff, like only a hundred mana to cast. So you never actually need to put points into it, right? And it is the strongest bow in the game. I I might need to. Uh focus on that <laughs> isn't that funny that, like every playthrough we have kind of like our go-to yeah mine is getting mayroon's razor as early as possible yes yeah really all the way oh yeah i have um like in early playthrough like when i get mayroon's razor i try to you know finish the dark brotherhood quest i have blade of woe and maroon's razor and i try to you know just use it for stealth and stuff like that like i'm a huge stealth guy you know um i don't use bow and arrow as much but i definitely like to use like the one-handed blades like a lot daggers and stuff so it's very a unique play style because like especially with like like the tougher enemies like i have to be very sneaky you know to a point where i actually have to be like a hundred level sneak to you know go against this like draugr overlord basically (laughs) so (laughs) my brother and i we also oh i guess i should say my brothers and i we all kind of do the same thing we all, as early as possible, try to get into the the potion alchemy uh, cycle, where you can make uber strong broken oh my God. Uh, potions I, that that I basically that overpowered everything. And you make your you can use your smithing to make really strong swords, really strong armor, and then really, really strong enchantments. Oh yeah, and then you end up just I mean getting just absolutely silly numbers, basically numbers oh, that yeah. are up into the yeah. zillions of uh, <laughs> for how hard you can hit. And you know, fun fact. If you uh, if you uber enchant a health regeneration piece of armor, put it on, you are immune to death until you take it off <laughs> and you instantly die. Yeah. Oh, that's insane. Yep. <laughs> it, yeah. it's, and uh, 
I mean, it's hilarious getting like a bow that is ridiculously strong, and then seeing a dragon, and then one sh- one punch man, one sh- arrow shot right at this dragon. <laughs> no, yeah, the animation even for better, the dragon. Get the, uh, the the uh, the brawling gauntlets from the guy in the rift and sewers. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. You disenchant that, and then you just one punch a dragon. Oh, and it's so great the animation when you one shot a dragon because it just kind of like <laughs> just like it just like yeah. seizes on it itself. Yeah, like the 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 game's physics engine just like goes crazy with that. And you know what's one of my favorite things to do? So after you you know kill a dragon, absorbs its soul, and it's just a skeleton. What I do is there's a fun little gl- glitch that I actually recorded on my uh, on my PC. Like you're able to if you use um, raise zombie. I believe, or like raise dead or some of like that, and throw it against the skeleton. It actually oh, launches right. the skeleton Jesus like a physics object. Yeah, it launches it hundreds of feet <laughs> forward, and like it flies. It's like if you do it off a cliff, it, it's the funniest thing ever. I, I absolutely love doing that. <laughs> um, oh, actually, there was something um, I was going to talk about. So I had a Twitter notification the other day telling me that a little pre-order thing was coming on Amazon. And uh, it's an Elder Scrolls cookbook. Huh. It's actually. Why am I surprised you have you've heard of this? <laughs> it's such a niche thing to know about. Well, here's the thing: like I, and it's actually like from Bethesda too. This isn't like you know like some dude like you know making stuff up. Like this is from like the lore masters from Bethesda that made this thing. Well, in that case, I would like a real copy of the lusty Argonian made. <laughs> yeah, I see that would that would actually bring in the real bucks. Yeah. I actually well Chris, um after the episode I can show you. Um I actually have um there's a collection of books that I got that oh, is that's right. the you told me about this. The physical the... copies of all the books yeah. in Skyrim. And the oh, that's actually Ar- really cool. It's really cool because it's divided in three books. There's like history, races and culture, and then the arcane and the deities and stuff. And like it's literally every text in the in the game, it's in there. It is like the coolest thing ever, including the Lusty Argonian Maid Volume One. Woo woo. <laughs> um, but it's cool because like I remember um it's funny because like when you, when I think of like you know certain foods from like Elder Scrolls, you know when I think of Oblivion, I think of like grapes, wine, and cheese, and like yeah, and shepherd's pie. Yes, and like when I think of and sweet rolls. Yes, and sweet rolls. Well, and sweet rolls. Sure, <laughs> I can't forget the sweet rolls. Yep. And when I, when I think of Skyrim, I think of like you know um, like stews and mead. And just like you know, various meaty, cooked meats, roasted yes. meats, and like I would love to try some of these out because like when I play the game, like especially with mods installed, like the food is like amazing looking, you know, for the graphics engine of the game, obviously, you know, <laughs> but you know, it's, it, I, I just I can't uh, wait for this book to come out because I actually do want to try out some of the stuff in there. I don't know, I, I'm a little split on this, really, because to me. That's probably the last thing in the Elder Scrolls franchise that has any sort of connected to the franchise weight. Like, if there are, if it were Fallout, there is a Rad Scorpion casserole recipe oh, yeah, that New is Vegas. actually yeah. mentioned in a quest. There's dialogue around it. Mm hmm. I could see that making its way into a Bethesda cookbook and having some, you know, unique flavor to it. Yeah, and but also sugar the bombs. things in, <laughs> at least in Skyrim, those are all just normal 
stews. I guess, yeah. But, like, obviously, like, they can add, like, a little, like, certain spice to it to make it, like, you know, well, different. This yeah, is probably, but yeah. that spice doesn't have any connection to elders. Yeah. It's just... Nerd right. right. Put some cumin, some coriander, and a little bit of cayenne, and we call this one... This is this is Netch stew. See, and that's is that, is that an item in game? No, but we're calling it that because <laughs> it's the only connection to Elder Scrolls this stew has. Yeah, it's it's exactly like the Procter and Gamble thing we read earlier. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, this is a Nernroot stew. Like, uh, no, well, because it's it tastes like Campbell's vegetable soup is what it tastes like. So good, good job about that stuff. <laughs> yeah, Campbell's soup with some blue food dye dropped in. Thank <laughs> well, you. I guess we really don't know until it actually comes out. and Well, that's true. That's I, true. I, I, and I'm sure there's probably some, some quest-related or dialogue-related <laughs> recipes in yeah. the games that I just I don't remember. Yeah, probably. Um, but actually, going back to uh, Elder Scrolls Six here, so I do have a little prediction of where it might be. So well, don't tell. Put a spoiler on that. That would be a spoiler. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> nothing's confirmed. It's just speculation. <laughs> yeah, some people like, don't. If it's true. Yeah, exactly. You spoiled it. Exactly. You will be to blame. I am a prophet. Like <laughs> retro- retroactive spoiling. Okay. Retroactive. I don't spoiling. even That's want me. my speculation spoiled. <laughs> Man, you can't do anything nowadays. <laughs> well, all right. I, I've. I'll be honest. I've observed the Elder Scrolls Reddit during the uh, the turmoil of where is it, where is it, we have to know. It's not high oh, Reddit. Reddit will pick that stuff apart. It's not well, high I, You see, that's the thing. I don't think you can objectively say it's not anywhere. Right. <laughs> we just know it's on the coast. I mean, some of us might say it's elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> that was the wrong time to drink water. <laughs> um, I feel like if, if I had to, like, Obviously, it's going to be in Tamriel still because I feel like they're going to go through all the, con- the all the countries in this continent oh, yeah. before they yeah, go to Agadir. They, they start. I, I think they might do like a mobile game or something, or or the trading card game to right. venture into the um, the other continent. I, I forget what it's called. Akavir, Atmora, um, like those ones. Um, yeah, but I I feel like if I had to pinpoint a certain area, I feel like Hammerfell would be the more logical side because you know obviously it it's not skyrim like it, i think it's somerset isles really yep I, I feel like somerset isles would be more tropical i guess i mean well it was a very zoomed out shot it looked rocky to me man i know it could be <laughs> well, a, all right it could be a to northern. be fair though uh key point when trying to dissect you know information from the environment uh, so far, just about every well, all right, Oblivion and Skyrim, so the most recent games, yeah, have a distinct. Uh, uh, they, they they take time and energy to put every single biome somewhere in the game. Yep. Yeah, because um, isn't like Black Marsh uh, just full of like swamp, and then elsewhere it's like desert. Exactly, and yeah, tropical. which so far they've had the luxury of saying Cyrodiil has this has these biomes on all sides of it, and right. then Skyrim came around, and well, we still get all biomes to an extent. Well, um, so my brother has a theory, and I, uh, he would do it much better justice than what I'm about to do. But <laughs> no, go for it. He uh, has kind of had he has this thing where he breaks down 
the games and he basically had a really compelling point about how in each game they kind of give hints of what the next game's going to be. Oh, like what? And basically he he has this whole thing laid out where in more when they pro- they prophesize the Oblivion Gates opening and then Oblivion happens and then in the Oblivion in Oblivion there's hints of dragons and stuff and oh, for yeah. Skyrim and then Skyrim it's all about the high elves and uh, oh, their connection. Yeah, I really hope they don't go for uh, Somerset Isles with an Aldmeri Dominion angle. I, I honestly was not a big fan of the Aldmeri Dominion's presence in the game. It, it just it didn't feel right. It didn't feel like Elder Scrolls. Well, isn't that what you're supposed to feel about them? Like, they were jerks? <laughs> These guys are so mean! <laughs> well, alright, sure, yeah. But to make the whole next game about them, I could see that happening. Yeah, that's logical. That works. Yeah. But I don't think it would be a good move. What What I want is I want another time jump of like another 100, 100 maybe 200 years. Um, kind of like with um, uh, Oblivion and Skyrim because Morrowind to Oblivion was like, what, I think like five years or something like that. Like, it wasn't like a long... Uh, uh, here, I've, I've actually got the uh, the UESP open. Let me just pull up the timeline. Dang, look at this dude. <laughs> That's just being prepared. Dang, it's like you were prepared for this podcast. Wow. I could learn a thing or two. Nah, from never. <laughs> <laughs> um, but while you're searching, um, I'll just say, like, I want, like, another time jump because I want the, like, conclusion of the Civil War happening in Sky- in the fifth game to kind of like be referenced in a like a a book and written see, by well, somebody, yeah, and or, see that's you know, where the the Old Mary Dominion comes in a little bit because they've got their fingers all up in that. Oh, the winner, winner, uh, um, writes the history books. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I can, yeah. I can see that. And um, you were right; it was it was six years. Dang! Look at that. I, I knew it wasn't too far ahead because, like, yeah. literally, um, the. It, the whole Morrowind disaster happens, and I and I know like they're still like talking about it in Oblivion. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and they're still talking I, about I, it. I thought it was a, a very smart move. It keeps the world connected. Yeah. And what's a little weird to me is that in Skyrim, uh, that's I think two hundred years later. Yeah, two hundred plus a little. Yeah, and the effects are now still they're felt. starting to feel the effects of Red Mountain exploding. Yeah, which. While that adds some some impact, was I think a little ha. cheesy. Impact, <laughs> volcanic explosion. <laughs> get, get used to these puns, Nabil. Honestly, actually, no. I'm going to pretend that I totally intended that. <laughs> he set it up. He stole your he stole your joke. <laughs> I like to think of it as an assist. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like I. For the next game, I I want to like, I really want to go into the Red Guards, man. Like I I really like. I feel like they weren't really represented as much in, um, at least in Oblivion and Skyrim. As you know, I would love to like see more of their culture, their cities, and like more lore written about them and stuff. Because like you know, they came from another continent outside of Tamriel. Um, the name of it escapes me right now, but it was like a desert ruined. And like it was um, destroyed, and then they came over here and migrated to Tamriel. And like I always been fascinated, like oh, what's the other area like? And like if 
we explore in Hammerfell in this next game, possibly, we might be able to go to those areas, you know, maybe explore some ruins, possibly, maybe some DLC, you know, you never know. Like a little Don't give them any ideas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think that whatever this place is going to be, I feel like it's probably going to be uh, um, climate-wise uh, an opposite, a polar opposite of uh, Skyrim. <laughs> <laughs> of Skyrim. Uh, well done, I, well done. <laughs> <laughs> like I could, you know, that's why I also it's like another point for me for Somerset Isles because one's island, so you're you're going around different islands, and you, you have the opportunity to have different. Uh, flora fauna represented yeah uh ruins but i also i do see your point about hammerfell because a desert is another uh opposite of what we had in skyrim so mm-hmm. i could see him just going in a completely different direction uh climate wise and i might be just fanboying here right now but i think it'd be really cool to have uh, the dwarven show up like the dwarven <laughs> On one hand, yes, that is my favorite piece of lore, the dwarves and their history. The On the other so hand, awesome. no, they are extinct. You, you don't think it was a time jump they had? You think they're completely obliterated? No. It, because the, <laughs> the way that the whole um, Numidium dealio went down... Oh, yeah, the Ethereum Wars and stuff. Yeah, the, and it, it, it was especially... Uh, expanded upon in Skyrim it was which I love that they included it mm-hmm. with a, a, an unmarked quest in the Mages College where you could actually get keening oh yeah yep that's right yep that's right and they have an instance there where you can use keening to strike uh, I think mean, they let you emulate the effect of striking the heart of Lorcan with Keening. Yeah, that, and yeah. the guy was instantly banished. <laughs> That's right. Because yeah. the lore around the heart of Lorcan and um, basically the sin of the dwarves is that as a race, they were attempting to become more than mortal. Right. They because were defiling dwarves against the... are supposed to have sort of a hive mind where they're all connected mm-hmm. on some uh subconscious level so there's a more conscious level i'm not exactly sure there's a time jump theory with these dwarves that there is one yes so we're we're, instead of asking where the dwarves are we should be asking when are the dwarves (laughs) i don't think i really don't think this time jump works because the the reason they were quote-unquote banished uh, speculatively is that they were attempting to become superhuman and the act of striking the heart of one of the creation gods right. effectively got their attention. And they saw and decided, no, you're not allowed to do that. You no longer exist. So what about it was basically like the big dick in the sky just came crashing down <laughs> on uh, Varden fell and said, "No, thank you." So my my question is is and I, and I think I raised this with you a while back, but what about uh, the last Dwemer, uh, Yagrim? Uh, oh, the big guy. Yeah, from Marwyn. Yeah. With the because little... he was traveling to another plane. That's right. When yeah. that happened. That's right. I I forgot about that because like I I remember like it was a while ago since I played Morrowind and Morrowind's so good. Yeah. It's my favorite still. Yeah. It, 
I, I'm mm. I'm more absolutely I'm more kin to Oblivion because that was my first one, but I do enjoy playing Morrowind a lot, especially yeah. modded, and it's just because it just basically like keeps the game alive, you know, for countless decades, basically. And yeah, talking mud crab. Oh my, yeah. You know, he made a um, appearance in uh, the Dragonborn DLC. Oh, he, that's right. He did. I forgot. He was about a merchant that. on. Uh, um, uh, what's the? Oh, then there was Nibiel, help me out too. here. What's the island called again? In the north, Solstheim. Solstheim. Yes. Solstheim. Yeah. Um, you actually meet him in Solstheim, and like you can buy stuff, and like he does have like meat on him because you know he was a drunk and stuff. So I just, <laughs> I absolutely love. I'd forgotten about that. See, th- this is why I love Elder Scrolls so much. Like, there's so much lore put into the uh, games and like it's its own Soul's world time especially was just jam packed yeah. with references because it was a dlc for mormon too they had so yeah. much material to work with and they they, they absolutely nailed it with Soul's time exactly yeah. the only thing i really care about with this next elder scrolls is they have to bring back vampire werewolves that's like my favorite thing about it oh that would be a nice callback for sure like yeah. um wasn't there um Quote me if I'm wrong, but I think on uh, the Somerset Isles or somewhere in the southern region, there were uh, were sharks. If I'm not mistaken, I feel like oh, we're down. Never and that game. And even in Hammerfell and uh, back in the um, in Arena and um, <laughs> oh, what was the first one called? No, it was Arena. Daggerfell. Yeah, Arena, and then the second one was Daggerfell. Yeah. Daggerfall. Yep. Yeah. Even in those games, there were were boars, were bears, mm-hmm. and the lore then said were sharks, and it, basically any animal under the sun you could have a were version of. It was Sweet. just lycanthropy. That's sick. <laughs> once they got to Morrowind, they decided, all right, well, it would take a lot of creative assets in order to have all of that in here, and most of it's not worth it. So let's just have the one lycanthrope that everyone knows, which which makes sense. Like you know, like it, because it. It would be really wonky looking to make yeah. a were shark, anyways. Like, was it? What is it? Basically, just a shark with legs at that point. <laughs> like, <laughs> and that's no a... laughing matter. That's sick. <laughs> that's the end game. Yeah, that is terrifying. That's horrible. Land sharks are real. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just like, uh, like this this series, like it. I know a lot of people allude it to. Um, you know Tolkien's you know Lord of the Rings world which in itself is amazing as well but like I'd say like it's on par with like it's lore and like you know like Similarian and stuff like it's kind of very similar you know but the only difference between you know the lore in Elder Scrolls compared to lore lore in Lord of the Rings is that Lord of the Rings was done by one guy and compared to Elder Scrolls which is done by a team of people I mean yeah there's a singular vision but like I still find it very impressive that like Tolkien, you know, yeah, this was like decades worth of work and stuff, but like, you know, was able to come up with basically the same par as like, you know, a team of people making stuff for Elder Scrolls and stuff. I just find that incredibly amazing, you know, that we can do that. True. And I mean, as far as comparing the content of the two, uh the Elder Scrolls has a much more on the surface focus on the presence of magic yeah because in lord of the rings there definitely is especially if you read you know the silmarillion or um uh the lays of Belleran, both there uh, i think so. the one yeah <laughs> the creation stories in lord of the rings are definitely just filled with magic but it's not in your face magic 
Right. Yeah. It, whereas in the Elder Scrolls, the lore will constantly reference the different schools of magic and talk about it as this existent thing, not as this like inherent, like part of the elves' blood thing. It's, a, I mean, it's not like the elves just live long. It's in Elder Scrolls, they use a certain magic to do things. And, you know, to be fair, nobody likes that in-your-face magic. I mean, just keep it to yourself. Like, I, we have no problem against magic users, but, like, come on. You don't have to be, hey, right. you don't have to be sparkling uh, all of us here. I'll most people, but for some people, you know, that's just their thing. Me on a Saturday night, I don't know. Maybe I want magic. Being a mage is a lifestyle choice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, you know, I, I also... Um, there's nothing that I like about Elder Scrolls is, you know, we have the nine divines, you know, by the nine divines, you know, <laughs> but like we also have our Daedric princes. And that's where it gets kind of Game of Thronesy with yes, all the multiple gods. I love the Daedric princes. Like I love the diversity in them. I love the fact that, you know, they constantly play with mortals and stuff like that, you know. Oh, yeah. And. We visited like a few planes of oblivion in these games. If you include the um, Elder Scrolls Online MMO, you know there's also the plane of um, uh, Karth. Is that it? No, it's. Uh, I never played, but it, I just know who's the vampire one again. Um, oh, oh, I have the book, but like it starts I, with an M, doesn't it? Mo- it's not. It's not more like Bal because that's. Uh, no wait, I think that is it. Yeah. Um, yeah, type, type away. <laughs> um, I feel like I should have prepared for that for sure. <laughs> Lore talk, Daedric Princes. Yes. Um, uh, I feel like it's Molag Ball, but I feel like that's... Well, Molag Ball is one. Yes, yeah. We're going to say Control F and Vampire. Yeah. So yeah, Molag Ball is the one you're yeah. thinking of. Yes. Look at that. Confirmed. Done. I know my stuff. <laughs> like we visited. <laughs> but anyways, we visited his plane in the MMO um, Elder Scrolls Online. You know, we've also experienced yep. um, Shea Goreth's, You know, Shivering Isles. We've obviously among the best DLC of all time. Yes, very much so. Um, and we've also experienced uh, Mayrun's Dagon's many boring planes of oblivion. Yeah. <laughs> and Hermaeus Mora. And Hermaeus Mora. Hermaeus Mora. He's actually my favorite. I, he's I like. Interesting. I love the concept of Hermaeus Mora. Like, uh, he's he's well designed. Absolutely. The secret uh, all of knowledge. All the Daedra are very well designed. Yeah, I feel like um, the one that like doesn't get talked on that much, but I feel is could be becoming a big threat is Periite the uh, dragon one that deals yeah, with he sickness sort of he sort of just sinks into the background yes unaware like because most people don't pay attention to him you know and i feel like one age he's gonna like you know somehow like overthrow the um other daedric princes like a yeah. virus yes very much so and i feel like I would love to see like more because like every every game like I've played of Elder Scrolls, I am always the Daedric artifact seeker. Like that is like my number one thing I do. Like that's the first thing I can do. I hated about Skyrim. There was no incentive to get those artifacts because they leveled and most of them weren't. Yeah, the leveling was terrible. Yeah, I I, completely agree. I hated um like most most of the time I just kept it in a safe in my uh, home and like you know like a separate safe where like it held all the artifacts and like. 
I only use like really like three of them. That's why the artifacts need to be set free. It belongs in a museum. (laughs) (laughs) By museum, I mean my safe where you can't even see the items. (laughs) Um, But like, I feel like, you know, it's cool that they were there, but like, but compared to like Oblivion and Morrowind, yeah, I mean, it's. I know we're seeming like we're like bashing Skyrim, which I, I still love Skyrim. I still think it's a good oh, game. But I, I am one hundred percent bashing Skyrim. Yeah, <laughs> I loved it. Clear here. I played way more hours than I ever should have. Yes, uh, significantly, but it is a bad game. Yeah, <laughs> I I feel like I remember like we've had this conversation so many yeah, times. Yeah, no, th- this is. That is my rhetoric when it comes to Elder Schools. <laughs> it is good. I love it. I will always love it. I will absolutely buy the next one. I have bought, I think, seven uniquely different versions of Skyrim. God, is that how many there I'm, are now? Did like, you buy the Skyrim on the TI-83 calculator, too? <laughs> I was tempted. You know you know they actually have it for uh, um, Alexa? I'm not kidding. Like You can actually play Skyrim on Alexa. Like, hey Alexa, um, like deposit cheese. Wasn't that just a key and peel piece? No, that actually was at <laughs> that that was at E three, but they actually have it available to download on Alexa. Like it, it that is actually real. I mean, like it's only to an I, extent. I think, the, I think the download though is just a joke version of it. Oh, it is. Oh, I thought I it was like so. I thought it was like a mini game or something like that. Like you, like, you can explore a dungeon, kind of like um. Z- was it Zork? I think like one of those like text-based adventure games, basically. Oh, okay. okay. Ca- kind of like that, you know. It's like it's a very limited space. I mean, you, you can't like you know go through the whole continent, but like yeah. you know, you can go like a small portion like of a dungeon or something like that, you know. Um, but I actually um, I have it for PC. I used to have it for PS3 when it first came out. Then I got into oh, PC nice. gaming and stuff, and then I actually have it on my Nintendo Switch. And it's actually really fun to play it on there. I'm very surprised by it. Like, Switch things up a bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, it's it's cool because like, um, it it's vanilla Skyrim, yes. But like, um, it's literally on the go. Like, I I just love just like it's another way to play it again. Like, I always like try to do something yeah. different with it. And I don't know, just like I like playing it like on a Nintendo console. I think that's like really rad. I mean, yeah, I'm very critical. No, of, that's like, cool. That's very cool. Yeah, I'm very critical of how many times they released it, but apparently Tom Ho- Todd Howard, not Tom Howard, Todd Howard um, actually said they will stop re-releasing Skyrim if you guys stop buying them. So oh, well, we oh, yeah, can't do that. that. He said that at E3. Yeah. It's, it was, <laughs> it's like, yeah, we've released it like seven or eight times, but you've kept buying it, so... <laughs> like He's not fault? wrong. Yeah, it's like... They, they're taking advantage of it. Right, and they're they're squeezing as much juice out as they can, and I can't hold out against them. But oh, also, oh sure. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, also, you you uh, you mentioned it's just vanilla Skyrim. That line. Uh, let's talk about that for a moment. Oh yeah. How do you guys feel about mods? Hmm. Oh, it's especially when you can get uh, Macho Man Randy Savage Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> it makes it makes the game I, so I, much I've better. I've enjoyed some of them. I haven't downloaded myself but i've enjoyed some of the memes that have come out of the modding <laughs> so i ever since 2012 i've played it on pc and ever since then i've downloaded mods into it now most of the time i usually have lore friendly mods that i do um lore friendly gotta make sure you're 
Um, Inconsistent. What, we don't get outrageous now. Yeah, like, well, sometimes I'll download something silly. Like, I have, like, the Buster Sword from Final Fantasy VII. Oh, that's not as even like silly. A, that's just so nice. <laughs> as, like, a two-bladed weapon. Or I had... Um, I had the Buster Sword in Oblivion PC. <laughs> nice. Um, I had, like, I think... Oh, actually, speaking of which, it's not a mod, but in the Switch edition of Skyrim, you can actually have Link's Breath of the Wild outfit, the um, Master, the Master Shield, and sorry, Master Sword and the Hyrule Shield, um, in the game. Like you don't have to, like you can get it through the amiibo, but you can find it on High Hrothgar at the mountain. See, but the problem with we talked about this is the scaling in Skyrim is so terrible. You get that, you get the Master Sword, the Master freaking sword, and it's probably like fourteen damage. Like that's how terrible. That is that's also exactly a problem, and why I it's exactly hate what it is. Artifacts in Skyrim, it <sighs> is inherently flawed. Yeah, that that's the best word I can say. It's flawed. See, and that's what like that's why my brother and I love uh, Morrowind a lot is because okay, I I like having the option of fighting something that's incredibly difficult at level one to get really high level loot. Oh yeah, you can find glass just south of Sedanine. Yeah, yeah. Like I like that option if. If, if make it more difficult for me to get it but don't level it out so that it's like when I, if I get it early then it's just going to stay crap for the rest of the game yeah exactly yeah. Um, but th- when you were saying you want to talk about mods um, I do have a problem with mods as of recently oh so back back in like you know when Skyrim came out it you were on Nexus and you would download the mods from there and yeah. um, no, no problem. Just like it was with Fallout New Vegas and you know Oblivion, you know Fallout Three. Yeah, it wasn't "quote unquote" officially supported, right? But it wasn't fought. They yes. didn't stop it. Exactly. And then a little thing happened in 2015. I want to say. Yeah. Um, yeah Steam. Mods, I remember. Steam yeah. partnered with Bethesda, and they decided to release mods that you had to pay for. And I remember yeah. they made. Um, like these armors and swords that, like you know, were yep. like two bucks to ten bucks kind of thing. Horse and like, armor. Yep, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, and we and I, I remember like looking at it, and I'm like, are they actually serious with this? Like, you know, this is like fan created stuff. This isn't like you know, um, developer DLC. This is just somebody that wants to gain an extra book. Like, I and and the thing with Nexus is that. If you want to support somebody, you have the option of giving them money to that mod maker. Because, you know, believe it or not, it does take a lot of work, a lot of time, and sometimes a lot of money to make these amazing mods that these people have made. You know, and it's like, um, you you know, you want to contribute to that if you want. Like, make that option available not as a mandatory thing. So there was criticism and actually there was like a lot of protest mods and one of my favorites was um you know it's kind of like a horse armor kind of thing except the horse had testicles (laughs) 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 as like a result of like you know yeah this is bollocks so (laughs) yeah absolutely and i remember a lot of other mods there were um ads one gold septum to the beginning of the game (laughs) $1,000. (laughs) $1,000. <laughs> oh my god, that is funny. Uh, it, it was a bad time. Yeah. And they did quickly, you know, Oh yeah. put their foot directly in their mouth and apologize yep. and, and put things right. Until but, 2016. Yeah. 
and you had the Creation Club. Now, yeah, that's pretty crappy. Yeah, now you have. Really it's not even creative. <laughs> now you have something where it's a its own separate platform, and this includes um, Skyrim Special Edition and Fallout Four as of right now, and obviously with uh, Starfield and Elder Scrolls Six, and I'm not. Was seven, does anybody know if Fallout 76 has mods at all? Uh, it's going to be an MMO, so I don't know. Yeah, I, I doubt it will. Like, it not online. even private servers or anything like that? Like, Hard to say. Hmm. Well, yeah, no if, if, if there is that capability, Fallout 76 would be in that roster as well. So, anyways, um, you have, like, all these games that are sharing their mods and stuff like that. And there's ones that are done by the community. There's ones done by other game companies, and there's one done by Bethesda itself. So that's three different outlets. But instead of like having the outright, you know, dollar amount like shown, it's shown by you know Creation Club points, or I, I think that's what it's called. Yeah. And like, it's like it, Microsoft points back from. Uh, oh God, yeah. Uh, from Xbox. Yeah, the, the, those were because like I remember you had to like convert that stuff and like. Yeah. I mean, even the Wii had so, to yeah, to I'm, I'm gonna pay. Two dollars to get one hundred points, and then when I buy something for a hundred points, I think, oh, that's a unit of one, not two dollars. Right, and it's misleading. And so, like, I'm not saying like it. This isn't like a totally bad thing, but it's very disappointing and very um, negative in a lot of ways. The only the only positive I can see out of this is that other game companies have now, you know, decided to make mods for these games. And, yeah. you know, it might be the only source, you know, available to that. And um like say for example, um it's I mean I know id it software is now part of Bethesda, but let's just say like it's a separate company. So like, you know, id software would make mods for Skyrim, for instance, or Fall of, actually Fallout Four. Let's just say that, and you have like Doom Guy's armor, like you know, available to get. Like that's cool that they actually made it, and it, like it'd be the exact like detail, exact you know like padding and stuff. But once it's really again, sad that Doom Guy just doesn't have a name. We just call him Doom Guy. Excuse me, uh, that I is think like it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. <laughs> Does he need a name? No. That it's like. He is the perfect like video game character. He is. I liked it better when his name was Master Chief. What Stop. if just Stop. all right? Just just throwing this out there. What if he is of uh, Oriental descent and it's D U M G A I? It is Doom Guy. <laughs> and you're just being very insensitive right now. <laughs> I will buy into that lore for sure. Yes, that sounds pretty good. That actually sounds pretty cool. <laughs> Um, but getting back to the creation club thing. Um, yeah, yeah. So back on topic. Yes. Um, <laughs> well, we went a little off topic, but hey, hey. Thing. <laughs> um, but we, um, the, the reason why this thing exists is because of legality purposes. And it's basically companies trying to protect their like IPs in a sense, you know, from it being modified and such and like there's no actual legal as far as i'm aware of like actual legal stuff going around like you can't do this i mean yeah you can't sell it but you can't you know like to an extent so 
it's yeah. it's a very gray area. It's kind of like emulators and you know ROMs and stuff like that. You know, it's a very gray area thing, and like you know, it depends on you know what you know specificity it really is. So it's it's a very muddled mess. And I, as dumb as as dumb as this sounds and cliche as it sounds, things were better back then. <laughs> you're not entirely wrong. You're not entirely wrong. You simpler. Yeah. The best kind of mods, in my opinion, are bug fixes because that fixes. I to say that, but like some of those bugs are so fun. They are, but some of them are very game breaking and like well, they yeah, but like, up <laughs> in fun ways. Like, all right, it, it, specifically in Skyrim, the reason why I don't really play much on PC and refuse to pl- to download the unofficial patch. Yeah, uh, for all the wonderful things that the unofficial patch does, it also removes the ability of um, the restoration perk. Yeah. Um, what is it? Necromant? Well, no, it, it's something necromantic in the restoration tree that causes your restoration spells to be more effective against undead. Huh. I yeah. never even in, knew that. In Someone vanilla Skyrim, if you're a vampire, you are undead. Yep. That actually makes sense. Yeah. Exactly. I'll... That wow. makes perfect, beautiful sense. It is classified as a bug, and they fixed it. Yeah, the other thing is I've never understood the whole thing of uh, cleaning up exploits in games. If if you can, it's if it's a choice to exploit in a single player game, I think you should leave it. I think it should be up to yeah, the person if they exactly. want to. Exactly. As long as it's not you know affecting their experience to where like it ruins. When when I say ruin, I mean like delete save files. Oh yeah, you know, no, like you're like out of the map yeah. and can't get back up, kind of thing. Because I've had that done. When I played Skyrim on the PS3, like I remember there was a point where like I fell out of the map and I couldn't get back up. And because of my save file, like I couldn't yeah, like you were stuck in that spot. Basically, yeah. and it was terrible. I'm like, talking about the Ogrom Infinity cheat that used to be in Skyrim. Okay, well that's, where it's that's like different. You yeah. could keep reading the book and keep getting yeah, experience that's points. A- yeah, it's like yeah to some people. That's that, the kind of thing that just sort of ruins. It, yeah, and, and it's like, but you could choose to do that. Some you don't yeah. have to keep reading it. Right, and so that's what I, I get frustrated with is like it's a single player game, and it's an option players have to just do that cheat. Uh, leave it in there as an option if, if for the people yeah, who don't want it doesn't to, affect anyone else exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, if I want to play as a god character, I should have that option. Uh, isn't that just a TGM on console at that point? <laughs> well, it, yeah, basically. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was just a, I, I had to throw that in there. Um, but I I feel like there are certain games. Now we're going to glitches now. So like I overall like glitches in certain games. So. Like when you have something like Pokemon or like um, Missingo, Missingo, yep, uh, like yeah, Mario, things where it, it's specific, detailed, and it has a specific result, not yeah. just yeah, um, you know, break it. Like for instance, like um, I've done this a couple times. Like in Super Mario sixty four, like you can like backwards leap into the stairs and you can like zoom right through the door and not having to need the key to beat Bowser. Like that was cool. Like you know, that was a cool glitch that you know somebody was able to you know go through randomly, and you know, because like that, those are all by accident. Like nobody like ever intentionally, yeah. you know. Well, okay, now they do, but like back then, people didn't well, do that. Do. You know, yeah, for speed runs. <laughs> um, but like, well, you see, that's the thing. Glitches like that give birth to speedrunner communities, which I think yep. is wonderful. Oh, for because sure. It, nothing is more fun 
than watching a game you love being ran faster than it was last year yeah. because they found some new bug where if you stand in just the right spot and do just the right thing you go faster yeah you know so it, I, I, it's fascinating i love that mm-hmm. there's a couple examples of that in skyrim where if you stack a barrel in a certain spot you can access a back entrance to a cave that you were supposed to go in the front <laughs> giggity and uh <laughs> basically you can um like just it's like a fast workaround and i i always feel like a sense of pride and accomplishment when i <laughs> when i can uh just kind of cheat the system like that i mean i may not do it every single playthrough right but, but right. if i can use a barrel like move a barrel in a certain spot jump on the barrel and then jump into a uh you know another portion of the cave i wasn't supposed to access at that point uh i, th- I think that's pretty cool yeah i'd say so it's, it's kind of satisfying i think another fun like as long as it doesn't break the game. Right. That, and that's my main thing. As long yeah. as it doesn't break, you know, the actual gameplay, like, experience that to a point where, like, you are completely stuck, you know, I'm yeah. I'm okay with that. You know, I, am I going to do those things? Uh, depending on, you know, the playthrough I do. You know, like, if it's, like, a more, like, serious, you know, like, I want to escape the world and play, you know, Elder Scrolls, then, yeah, I don't want to do that kind of stuff. But if I'm, like, you know... I'm bored. I just want to, like, you know, steal a bunch of stuff. Yeah, while you having want to enjoy the gameplay. For- yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, have the basket over the shopkeeper's head and, like, you know, no problem yeah. whatsoever. Just going through, you know, getting those sapphires and, like, golden claw things or whatever. So, <laughs> um, but one, one more thing I want to talk about with Elder Scrolls before we get into our main topic is uh, something amazing that I love about Oblivion is the voice acting in that game. Oh my God. I know. So I, it, 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 oh, it, oh, it pisses me off in Skyrim. Oh yeah. Uh, you can, they do accents. Mm-hmm. So you can, and, oh, all right. A lot of things <laughs> piss me off in Skyrim and they sort of lead one into the other. Mm-hmm. So first they do accents, which makes it blaringly clear that they only have like four voice actors. Right. Cause the only, you know, those people can do those accents properly, you know, and yeah. it's not it, 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 in Oblivion. They realistically had the same number of voice actors. Oh yeah, they, they did not have variety. But because no one was really throwing in their weird ass accents, it didn't really register most of the time that you're listening to the same guy. Yeah, for half the characters. I think about that with Mercer Frey. Like he's the main bad, and then you hear yeah. another NPC with it's Mercer like, wow. Frey's voice. He sounds exactly like Mercer Frey. It's like <laughs> I'm supposed to trust this guy after everything <laughs> Mercer put me through. Um, but my my favorite thing about the Oblivion voice acting is the best voice actor out of the whole bunch, Wes Johnson. And Wes Johnson voices famously the uh, oblivion guards in uh cyrodiil yes. and he does like yes. a lot of other races as well and such like the i, I think he does the, the gray fox <laughs> by the nine um but like i love i think he's used for some of the red guards as well yeah i, I think so too especially in combat yeah and just like the voices like the screams the you know just the just everything about it is just like yeah a lot of it's like meme worthy or whatever but like it oh absolutely i, I absolutely love everything in oblivion was really meme worthy let's just let's let's stop right there <laughs> everything Stolen in oblivion apple? could that be meme <laughs> yeah exactly um but like i 
just something about it is very sentimental in a sense. Like it may be my rose tinted glasses at this point, but just like, you know, but it just, it has charm. The voice actors, oh, yeah. it's very simplistic. It's very calm in a way, except when you go through the oblivion gates and, you know, go through the boring <laughs> towers, but you know, that, literal hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Literal, literal hell. That, but I don't know. It, the voice acting in oblivion felt like it had a little more emotion and sincerity to it. Yeah. In Skyrim, I it's, don't know. They just sort of chopped up and it's like, all right, Nords are going to be, you know, Hick Northerners. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the Argonians and the Khajiit are just going to be uh, cultural beast people. Yeah. Every single Dunmer you meet is going to be some objectified, uh, downtrodden, beaten up dude. Mm. Every single Red Guard is going to be basically a, a Middle Easterner. Yeah. It, I don't know. They really messed with culture in Skyrim, and I, I didn't like it. Yeah, that's, it, that's a good point. It just it didn't make sense in in Skyrim or in Oblivion in Cyrodiil. It made sense. This is just a melting pot. Everyone's mm-hmm. there, and everyone sort of is just Cyrodiilic. Well, yeah, because it's like the location of Cyrodiil is in the middle of Tamriel, yeah. and that's where most people from all the surrounding countries come to you know, meet exactly. one another one place kind of thing. So you're going to get yeah, a lot I mean, of... You lot go of to Skyrim, and sure, it makes sense. Nords in Skyrim probably fit a stereotype 90% of the time. But yeah. every other race in Skyrim was like they're sitting at their home and they're hitting only the one stereotype. And I don't know. It, it <laughs> really rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah, I, I can I can definitely see, like... They were trying too hard, I guess, in a way to yeah, be, you know, to give them all a specific identity, right? Which and some it, of them really in a lot of characters that ended with not focusing on who the character is at all. Yeah. Um, but before we uh, go right into it, just gonna say Fallout New Vegas is like better than everything else. Just okay, saying that right you're now. Just starting a whole <laughs> new thing there. <laughs> I feel like you're trying to start a fight. Maybe. And uh, I, I'm on the New Vegas train, but I'm not going to start saying you know one thing's better than another. Oh no, thing I know. I know. I, I, it was just a joke, but but I still yeah. love that game dearly to my heart. <laughs> well, I think we should go into our main topic here and talk about Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. Insert awesome sound effect and medieval music. Possibly. I don't know why Jurassic Park is just stuck in my head. Because just... Oblivion's theme is very similar to like yeah, Jurassic Park and yeah, like Pirates of the Caribbean. No, it is. It is. That's actually like in my head that has messed me up so many times. Where it's like I'm, I'm trying <laughs> to just hum to myself my favorite game's music. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's this movie I've watched like once. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Dun, 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 dun. So, you are a Dungeons and Dragons player. I did not know that before we set up this episode, by the way. So, are you just a yeah. player or a DM or both? Both. Oh, oh so is Chris. 
<laughs> I, yeah. let's, let's, I am a very new DM. Yeah, but you're doing a good job, though. Like, I'm enjoying this campaign a lot. Thank you for saying that on air. I will give you the money we agreed upon after <laughs> this is over. I also am a relatively... The campaign that I'm running has been going for, I think, uh, four months now. Okay. But nice. uh, in terms of actual number of meetings, it's been... Scheduling is... <laughs> I assume as much a problem for you as everyone else. Oh yeah, that's that's the thing about D- like Dungeons and Dragons is people ask, "Oh, how long have you been playing?" Four months. Like, oh my gosh, so you're really into it? Oh, we've met twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I told my parents that because um, before Chris got into D and D, because we're playing two campaigns currently right now. We have a friend of ours named Zach. He has his also campaign. our first guest on game uh, going off topic. Yep. Oh, I almost nice, said going nice. on game of Thrones because it's the same yeah, initials. <laughs> um, but like I started with him back in October. So getting close to that year anniversary mark, which is pretty nice. Cool. Um, but like, and then Chris his campaigns there as well. And I remember I was telling my parents this and I'm like, I'm like, Hey, so I've been playing Dungeons and Dragons and stuff. And like, Oh cool. Like, did you win? I'm like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> about that and it's like oh that's that's like that's such a classic uh disassociated old person response is yeah did you win well it's funny too because like it's not you don't win grandma gosh well it's not only with old people that say that you know sorry sorry mom yeah um, but like i i was uh dating this girl a while back and you know she was asking about D and stuff and Wait, she a said, girl was asking about D and know right that you were seeing romantically yeah and she's she said like so did you win tonight? I'm like, uh, no, this is a very long game until I die kind of thing. So it's like <laughs> forever. <laughs> you know, I heard that like there was a uh, record that like the longest D&D session was like 30 years. Yeah. That's insane. Session or campaign? Campaign. Campaign. Okay. I, I think I've heard of that because I, I think that guy just got his group back together to continue. Yeah. And they do stuff kind of like what we're doing and like, you know, like discord and, you know, like, you know, video streaming and stuff like that. Yep. That way they can like see each other, you know, talk and stuff and while they're playing. And like, I think that's amazing. I think that's like a really cool thing to do. And, you know, oh, no, that, that's actually how I play uh, two, two current campaigns mm-hmm. is uh, on roll20.net. One of them is oh, yeah. a star Wars campaign. And the other is, um, well, I, I'm just getting into it this week and this Friday, actually tomorrow nice. but um the second one is uh, a D 5e module Ooh, mm. that's cool yeah. um oh by the way do i know anybody that's in your campaign at all like any i'm sorry uh do i know anybody that's in the campaign that you're in right now yeah do i know any either <laughs> <laughs> uh chris i i assure you know all of them oh, uh brandon yes. uh sad news. well actually all right in the uh in the two campaigns I'm playing in right now, you would know. Uh, do you remember Josh Fritz? Oh, no kidding! He's there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. I didn't. Yeah. I had no idea he was in, even interested in that stuff. That's cool. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, it, he plays a lot. I can't keep up with it. Like, <laughs> like I, I, I'm just now getting to the point where I, you know, if scheduling worked out and in a perfect world, I would be playing. On Thursday nights, Friday nights, and Sundays, oh, like that, all day Sundays. That would be the dream. Oh my god! Like, yeah. what if what 
do you think there's like full time D and D players that like like oh, I as like their it. job? I guarantee it because there's D and D five E. There is a play system called Adventures League, Ooh. where you can find local shops to meet and play. And I, I guarantee there are people who do that basically full time. I don't know how they are going to make a living off of it. Right. Yeah. Maybe there's people who are just retired and now have time. But yeah. There are people who play or DM almost every day yeah like i feel like running out spaces would be such a huge market for that especially now since it's like this resurgence going on well yeah i mean i was in barnes and noble to get some of my dm stuff yeah and i went up to i i made the terrible mistake of going up to the help center to buy books just shows you how often (laughs) i'm in a bookstore unfortunately and i go up to the help center and i mean you could see all the dust on the counter of barnes and noble and uh <laughs> I come up there and i you know say oh i'm ready to check these out and the person behind the counter was training another person and the, the way they like lit up like <gasps> a customer kind of thing <laughs> and uh they kind of swarmed me and they were looking at my books and of course they were trying to get me to get onto some membership of some kind that they had of course of course and then they were looking at the books and you know they were asking if i was a dm and i said uh, yeah <laughs> like not even a first time like i haven't even had a session yet i'm buying i'm i'm in the session zero portion basically yeah, the planning stage yeah and, and i don't even know if i'm going to commit to this <laughs> and basically the, the that's funny this manager just lit right up and she was like you know we could have you come in on front maybe the weekends and we will have you uh advertised as a young up-and-coming dm and we'll have like sessions and the people will just come and play and i mean this little look in her eyes was like i like i was gonna save barnes and noble if, like this was going to be <laughs> this if, was going to be the business strategy that saves the company if if you can just like see my face right now like i i'm like absolutely shocked like did she actually talk like that like yeah she, uh, she didn't blink oh once God. she oh my was God. desperate dude <laughs> dude <laughs> she put her hand on my hand like she didn't blink and it was just like please please do this and she like gave me her car gave me like oh, all this information to like we come need in here. you <laughs> all right yeah so a you can never go back there again b you don't have to worry about that because it'll probably be gone in the next month <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> Um, well, and that's the other thing. I looked at the prices I paid in Barnes and Noble, and then I looked at the prices of the same books on Amazon.com, and it was like forty bucks cheaper from Amazon. Okay. Easy, yeah, easy. So, yeah, that's part of it, right there. Well, I actually am a member of Barnes and Noble, so I already had that like discount already. So, like, I try to use that as much as possible. So, like, that's where I got my book was at Barnes and Noble with that discount. So, like, I definitely earned a little extra dough from that <laughs> nice nice um, I, and that's that's the one thing that has kind of slowed my role as far as Dungeons ha! and dragons go. Hey, I, well, right. I i refuse like hard refuse to buy the core rule books and all the extra books yeah because it, there are so many and they're releasing more all the time which i appreciate and love but if I can't find that at an online resource, count me out. Yeah, like I, it, that's why it took me so long, like on, just until this year, to get into D and D five E, because playing with friends means someone has to have the books, and that's fifty dollars per book, yeah, at least. Exactly, our, our friend Zach way too much. 
Yeah, our our friend Zach like has all the books, and he's been very patient and like helping us out when we were first starting yeah. and stuff. And like, you know, over time, you know, we've been accounting more books. I I actually need to like I need to get Xanthard's Guide to Everything and stuff like that. Like, I feel like that would be yeah, exactly nice to have because you know, I don't know everything you know like in these shops and stuff like that so it'd be kind of nice yep. to and xanthar does know everything exactly <laughs> um quick so question is all of your uh is all of your dnd in 5e though yes yep it is okay which i like i like 5e quite a bit I, no, it, you know, it's, it's very streamlined it's very yeah. simple I, mm-hmm. exactly i've right. enjoyed playing it because it, it takes the focus away from min maxing your character so don't don't tell interacting us interacting with each other and with, with the I can hear Zach rolling his eyes as he's listening to this right now, dealing with us as his PCs that are constantly trying to min max. Yeah, in his campaign. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it, I suggest at some point for a campaign look into using the Pathfinder system. Hmm. Okay. It is if you want to min max a character that is perfectly strong at level one you can do it yeah that would have been nice for uh my character in this recent campaign yeah i may or may not have killed brandon off in the very first session (laughs) (laughs) and my my very first time as that's that's the beauty of dungeons (laughs) and dragons oh but 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 here's here's the kicker though so like I, I actually rolled really good stats for this guy, and yeah. funny enough, his name was Galendir, and he was a wood elf. So you know, very familiar there. But he wasn't an archer, <laughs> nice. so he didn't go full on into it. Right? No, I was I was a um, a rogue outlander at first. So then I just Chris was like, okay, now you gotta like you know make a new character and stuff. And I had this idea. I had this idea of a pirate dwarf named Tordek, and like I was really into it. Like I'm like, okay. Like, this guy has a trident. Like, this guy has, you know, a short sword and stuff. Like, he's ready to, you know, kick butt or whatever. And, All right. I like it. I like where it's going. Yeah. And, like, he was also a captain. Uh, no, sorry. Not a captain. But he was a um, one of the sailors on the ship who wow, caused the... I just made a sailor character. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I, I can't... I, I wish I could use that. But anyways, I'm already going to have myself here. So yeah. once the next session happened, um, Chris was like, all right, Brandon, I need you to um, <clears throat> I need you to tell me your character. And I placed, we placed like a placeholder character who was a dwarf. And I'm like, he's like, okay, what's your name? I'm like, my name is Tordek Greyhelm, I think it was. And he's like, I'm like, okay. He's like, what are you? He's like, I am a sailor that is a pirate. He's like, oh, interesting, interesting. Go on. And I'm like, I told him a little bit where I was from and stuff. And he's like, okay. Then suddenly you open your eyes. And like, it was my other character. He came back from the dead. <laughs> <laughs> it was so great. Like, uh, and that's the thing is while we were planning... I, I had him. I, I had him go through the entire book. I was like, okay, make your character from scratch, and I had him go through all of it. And then I was like, okay, good, get your backstory. And then I was and Zach, who was playing with us uh, as a PC, he knew that 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 Brandon was going to be revived, so he was kind of like snickering to himself because he was in on the joke. And then oh my so God, that's I, that, beautiful. I'm gonna use that bit. That's genius because it throws them off because there, yeah. if there's a, if there's a hint that they're going to get revived. It's not as big of a deal, but if you make it like if you sell it, like nope, roll up a new character. Yeah, and then I have them. I actually drew a boat 
a boat <laughs> on That's the right, map. I, I remember and that. And he puts him, he puts the guy on the boat, and it's like, okay, so describe to everyone what what this character looks like. What's this character doing? It's like, okay, now take the character off the boat. <laughs> take a breath. You're back alive as Galender. <laughs> it was. I like. I you still just had a really bad dream. Well, that, that's the thing. That's been like a reoccurring joke. Like anytime like, I do like a short rest, I'm like, I had a dream that like I was sailing the seas as like a pirate dwarf, like you know, named Tordek for some reason. Like, oh, I, I actually, I even bought a little miniature uh, pirate captain. He's not a dwarf, but he's basically what I imagined Tordek to be. And like yep. one day I might have him in the campaign. Like you could say you have him on deck. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> well done. Perfect. Oh, oh that, my was, God. that was beautiful. Um, what's your, um, the one that you're not DMing, what is your uh, character and race and stuff? Oh, there, there's two campaigns that I'm not DMing. Some days, some Sundays. It's been two months. Some right. Sundays, I DM. So the characters that I'm playing, um, the first one is a Star Wars campaign. Ooh, that does sound like a lot of fun. It's very fun. The system is actually like it, I like to think that D and D is like vanilla. Pathfinder is you know chocolate strawberry twist with all the nuts and cherries. <laughs> and then Star Wars is just it's it's this extra like mint chocolate chip flavor, flavor where it's mm. it, it's, it's classic different but still good. And the system itself just sort of ends with you rolling a whole lot of dice for everything. <laughs> and it's simple enough that it's easy to pick up, yeah. but it's complex enough that it's just fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> because like, success rolls have a chance to make you, well, they have a chance for success and they have a chance for, um, making you feel good and confident right and then there's a chance to fail and a chance to be stressed yes that counteract each other so sometimes you'll just roll to shoot someone and you'll have no success no failure but you'll just be super stressed out anyways i digress i'm getting ahead of myself yeah the system's fun the character is um if you're familiar with the droids in the prequel series yes a dumb series pit droid. Oh, those that's the droid I'm looking for. Is, <laughs> <laughs> is that the um, is that the one with from episode one that like helps with like the pot, the pod races and stuff? Like yeah, yep. The, the little ones with the, with the black oh, button that's cool. on their face. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. that. The one that works for so, Wal Wal. Uh, yeah. Oh, what's his name? Exactly. Waldo. No, not Waldo. Um, Waldo. No. Waldo is it? Waldo. It's something W. You like can send it. your hate it, it, mail to Brandon Pop. His MySpace page. Like snouty dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I know he, Watto. Watto. That's his name. Watto. Yeah. Anakin. <laughs> Excellent impersonation. <laughs> but yeah, so it, it's a dumb series pit droid that um, was installed on a ship Ooh. when. And then the ship was taken over by raiders who reprogrammed the droid, making it effectively sentient and giving it a whole lot of personality. Oh, that's so cool. I've got 
a sombrero, a mustache, and a poncho, <laughs> and I dual wield pistols. <laughs> <laughs> that is beautiful. I absolutely love that. And my name is roadrash.exe. Oh, <laughs> I, Nabil, this is probably the greatest thing you've ever come up with. <laughs> um, I, I, I love this character. So, <laughs> and then in the other campaign I'm playing in, I, I just made this character the other weekend and played it through a one-shot, and oh my god, it's fun. I am Captain Sebastian, a sailor turned paladin. Ooh, nice. And the character only works because paladins get smite, oh. which adds damage, I love allowing me to beat respect, loyalty, peace, and love. <laughs> Into the people love. of the world using only my fists. <laughs> Apocalypse. The way God intended. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. It's so much fun. I love, I'm a paladin in Zach's campaign. And I honestly, I love being a paladin. I think Smite might be the most broken move you oh can do. Oh my God, it is. It's, but it's so <laughs> gloriously broken. Yeah. The fact that you can, you can declare Smite after you see after your roll. After the hit. Yeah. <laughs> and if you do a natural 20, it's it's doubled, it and, and, and you yeah, can use spell slots. It's, it's oh my god, it's so crazy. Good. So you can do some serious Nova damage. Oh, for sure. Um, actually, quick question. Um, so with D and D, back in the day, we you know people had to like you know write down their stats and stuff on paper. Now yeah. with technology, now we have you know apps that can do that. Um, do you still use paper, or do you actually use the apps now? To- if I'm if I'm in person playing, which I mean, it's a rare occasion these days, but like the Sunday game that I run, yeah, and anytime like this one shot that I was just a part of, anytime that I'm playing in person, I want to have paper in front of me that I can write on and erase and hmm. modify. Interesting. But I yeah, online, never trust never trust a D and D player who plays in pen. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, you, <laughs> <laughs> if you can't like five reference books and point to where you're pulling your shit from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm very lazy. I use the app, um, but I use the premium version of it so I can like save my stuff and which has yeah. saved me so much time. But yeah. like I, I do understand the like the beauty of using paper and pencil and stuff like that. Like cause like it's very nostalgic. It's very like, yeah. you know, basic. It gets the job done and stuff. And um I just Not- I, I erase a lot like when I write oh, yeah. and like you it, start tearing through the paper. Yeah, so like that's why yeah. like I like using the app is because I don't have to worry about that. And There's an app for it. Yeah, ex- exactly. An yeah. And, and I I'll be honest. I, I guess I kind of lied. Uh, <laughs> this this enjoyment of using paper is exclusive to Five E and okay. the Star Wars system. Right. Pathfinder is a dangerous beast. Uh, back when I was actually playing in Pathfinder campaigns a couple of years ago, I, oh, I had a character named Beauregard. Seven other titles. <laughs> like from, from Critical uh, Role. Aaron Fields, uh, Esquire the Seventh. Yeah. A gnome bard. It was beautiful. Did they have an instrument? But, because that's critical. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> but I actually moved to having an Excel file instead of a character sheet because there's just so much to remember. Right. Yeah, it really is. I'm, I'm learning that quickly as a DM. And I'm playing two NPC characters as regular characters in our campaign. 
So my gosh, it's a lot to keep up with, especially because one of them's yeah. a warlock. So there's all these cantrips, all these spells I got to keep up with. Yeah. And uh, I changed my voice too. And that was something I said I wouldn't do when I started playing. <laughs> I was like, that's a oh, nerd yeah. bridge I'm not willing to cross. Yeah. And then I got over it and it's so much more fun that way. You know, um, I was kind of the same boat as well. And for Zach's campaign, I, which is our first one, I didn't do the voice. and I still haven't yet. Um, I still have to figure out what I want to do with that now. But I just started doing a voice for Galen Deer. And um, do you remember... I have a lot of inspiration of this character from somebody else. Um, do you remember the Dead Money DLC from Fallout New Vegas? Yeah, absolutely. Dean Domino. Oh, yeah? That I, I do his voice impersonation for that. So, like, so, so you, you try to get it all uh, low and drapey and then... Yeah, like sometimes higher pitch, sometimes lower pitch, depending on like yeah. what I say in the uh, the sentence or whatever. But it's it's a lot of fun, and uh, like I, I don't know, this gives me like another chance to like perform. Basically, it's just it's oh, very it. it's it's the right way to get into character. Oh, exactly. It's a, and and I I have trouble with that sometimes, especially back when I was playing a gnome bard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't sound like a gnome bard. I can't make myself sound like a gnome bard. I feel My like you just high, have to like not that high. Yeah, I feel like you'd have to just hold your nose the whole time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll sing you a song. I can song on the soul. <laughs> you could play a gnome bard. <laughs> You know, I when I was trying to um, like make my character Tordek, I was actually going to have an accent for you know a pirate dwarf. You know, like I was thinking like some like Tolbaron from uh, Overwatch. I call him Tolbaron, but his name's Torbjorn. Yeah, um, <laughs> I haven't played it, so hard work pays <laughs> off. I know it just peaked oh. there. <laughs> no, no worries, no worries. I can I can try to lower that. Um, but like I was trying to like you know maybe do like a belling voice you know very uh, i don't know I, I, i'm still trying You're to figure a wizard out. harry yeah, basically a hagrid <laughs> um but, yeah i feel very good yeah, yeah a dwarf voice yeah whatever that may be <laughs> um but like i i i feel like a lot of people like come to that point like they eventually will do the voice you know they may object to it i mean like both chris and i have and we yeah. fell into the trap <laughs> the canned That's trap right. It, it's fun you're just getting into it yeah yeah you become but your character it has to be a voice that you can keep up yeah, yeah that's that's the thing is well, the voice the yeah. other thing is it's easier to distinguish to the dm if you're talking in game or out of game. in character or out yeah yeah i once tried to make a character it only lasted one session and it was also a pirate captain hey it was the it was the inspiration for my paladin Ooh. but uh I, I tried to play it as Christopher Walken because I can do a whole like one line of Christopher Walken really well. I think all of us can. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's like the one line and then it's like, like, then it tails like, off. I can do one line of Christopher Walken followed by responding to things with uh, no. <laughs> and outside of that, I can't do it, which is yeah. very awkward. Right. I'm also hearing a lot of people have backgrounds as playing as captains i want to i think this is determined this has gotten me to the point where i'm thinking i'm gonna play as a first mate from now on you know <laughs> something that's not played see that's what the tordak like i didn't want to be a captain i just wanted to be like i was a cabin boy <laughs> swab the decks <laughs> and now i want to be something else i want to be a cleric adventurer <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but like that would be a tough one to role play. Like, how did you? How do you go from being a cabin boy to a cleric? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And well, they they travel around the seas across the world, man. Like they've seen. I found God, <laughs> and now I'd like they've see. Mm. Yeah. A. I mean, I. <laughs> <laughs> From now on, oh, only the captain I'll says, "I." <laughs> well, like I feel like it, it's it's so funny because like if you told me a year ago that I would be playing D and D, like yeah. I wouldn't believe you one bit. But somehow, like it it just kind of happens, and like it's <laughs> the coolest thing ever. Like I I remember like. From from what I've heard, obviously I wasn't born this time, but um, in the '80s it had a very you know devil worship. Oh, it was it was stigmatized to hell. Very much so, literally. <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> to the ninth circle of I should specify. <laughs> but like it's you know like it was vic- it was victimized in a way, and it was just like oh, yeah. um, I know Chris, you said before, like you know it's because of you know pop like nerd culture has you know arisen since then and it's become more acceptable because it's it's much more mainstream it's becoming more and more accepted by the day right and and the number of people who i talk to who i i say oh i i play dnd the number of them who express interest as a response has skyrocketed over the past couple years like people who i i never thought would ever play are playing in a campaign with me right now Yep, and it's not just guys; it's it's girls too. Oh yeah, yep. Yeah, I think uh, you know, Stranger Things kind of helped modify or modernize it, where it's which honestly, I'm I I enjoyed the show, I enjoyed Stranger Things, but I wasn't a huge fan of how they brought it back because they they included D and D along with the stigmatism of it being something that outcasts of society play. Yeah, I still haven't watched it. Yeah. Oh, you haven't yet? No, I haven't yet. I, I just it's it's on my um my queue, but I just I'm I'm very terrible when it comes to Netflix. Like I, no, I have a huge. I, I think you'd enjoy it because it, it's it is really good. It's pretty campy. Yeah. Just but like it's on the nose campy, not overdone. It's just like we know that this is something ridiculous and a little too eighties to take seriously. Oh, it's got such eighties soul to it. Oh yeah. 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 I heard a lot of it's I heard a lot of inspiration from it was like, you know, like Stephen King's it and stuff like that. And like, it um, does feel a little bit like that. Sure. Yeah. Um, so like I it definitely piqued my interest. I'm like, Ooh, that might, that might be kind of cool, but well, I still have yet to watch it though. <laughs> and, they, and they named the bad creatures in that after actual D and D monsters. Oh, is so there, like is the there, Demi which Gorgon and again was, I, I thought a, a strange way to incorporate yeah. it. But is there, is there yeah, a beholder? Yeah, Not yet. Ooh, Give it time. I, I want there to be a holder so bad. Like he's the most iconic like creature want, in the game. Want there to be a what? You, you cut out for just of that. The holder. The beholder. Oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah, oh yeah. God. I feel like that's season three. I, I, <laughs> I have been in love with the idea of the holder ever since I think it was uh, Baldur's Gate Two: Shadows <laughs> of Um for the PC, which my brother bought and played. Yeah. so many years ago because in it you encounter that it, it's one of the well all right no it's a tough game but it's one yeah, of those it big things you encounter where chances are you just lost the game 
Like you, you've saved before this room and you can no longer walk away and that encounter will kill you. Right. It's kind of like um, another famous D&D creature that what, in my first campaign I had a lot of trouble with was Mimics. And they're huge, <laughs> hugely popular that has gone to other like types of medium and stuff like that. I mean, like I remember when you came over to my place last year and I was playing Dark Souls 3. Oh, yeah, yeah. And there was, and the, <laughs> I was having trouble with that Mimic. You he know? was really screwing you up, dude. <laughs> yeah, he was. <laughs> Finally beat him though after like a week of trying i'm i'm terrible at dark souls so (laughs) that's Um, what i haven't placed in my campaign yet Ooh, i might i'm gonna i'm gonna hold on to that yeah go go ahead and give it a go ahead and give it a little reveal it wouldn't hurt too bad (laughs) give it a whirl oh you see a chest i see a chest you see a chest yeah i open the chest the chest eats you yeah, honestly, <laughs> mimics are just like a guaranteed way to have your PCs hate you forever and constantly check treasure chests before they open them. Yo, <laughs> I shoot the chest. All right, you lose some gold, and you break your arrow. Congratulations! Yeah, it's a great way to get everybody all paranoid. That's like, but I'm not dead though. <laughs> True. Yeah. No, that, that there is a definite not dead. Yes. See, come on, you gotta risk it for the biscuit. It's like it's like that meme, but did you die though? Yeah, did did you die? That that is the question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but unfortunately, I think we've run out of time here. Um, I think I definitely want to do another episode like this again. This was awesome talking to you again, Nabil. Um, oh, it's a pleasure. Anytime. If you're ever hurting for an episode. Uh, let me know. We'll put something together. Yeah, especially with the ease of uh, Discord here. Like, definitely, definitely. works oh, for yeah, the best. Oh, yeah, now that we can just do this online. Oh, yeah. Super <laughs> easy. Yeah, so with that, everybody, I just want to thank you again for stopping on by, and have a good one. Bye. Bye.